Thank you for tuning in to the sermon webcast of Living Savior. We are one church serving in two locations, Asheville and Hendersonville, North Carolina. For more information, go to lsavior.org. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Kathy and I have a few things in our home that we wouldn't want a common thief to just walk in and walk out with. So when we leave, we usually lock the door. Perhaps you have heirloom jewelry or some rare coins that you don't even want to have in the house. You store them for safekeeping in a safe deposit box in a vault at your bank. Checking accounts, savings accounts, investment accounts, you and I may enjoy the convenience of being, being able to access them online, but all those need to be password protected. And you and I are always getting advised, choose a password that a cyber criminal is not going to figure out. Financial institutions spend billions of dollars every year to, to guard the holdings of their investors. All of those safeguards, all those protections, it's sort of like, watch out, be on guard, because if you have anything of any value, somebody's going to try to take it away from you. This morning, you and I are hearing Jesus say those very words. Watch out, he warns. Be on your guard, he advises. Except what he wants you and me to guard is, is a lot more valuable than your, your college fund or your retirement savings or some precious jewels or coins. And the threat that we face is far more dangerous than a common thief or a cyber criminal. The Lord Jesus, by his word today, urges you and me to keep guard, keep watch over our precious blood-bought souls so that they are not robbed from us or from God by our greed. Greed is one of those topics that when you start thinking about it, certain names come to mind. A name like Imelda Marcos. Remember Imelda Marcos? Her husband is as president of the Philippines, and Imelda Marcos, as the first lady, amassed a, a fortune of $5 billion. Then they were exposed for what they were doing to their countrymen, and they were disgraced. And it was discovered among their holdings, Imelda Marcos had 3,000 pairs of shoes. Something I would think brought on by a little bit of greed. Bernie Madoff comes to mind. Financial advisor, he, he built his clients out of a total of $65 billion dollars. Convicted in federal court, Bernie Madoff is serving a 150-year sentence. Greed 
can lead to public disgrace, a destroyed reputation, even to, to jail time. But maybe you could say that's just, that's kind of one kind of greed. Another kind of greed creeps in when, when you get, get invited to somebody's beautiful home and you can't fully share the joy in what they get to enjoy because all the while you're thinking of, how could I get a home like this? How could I acquire beautiful things like this? The ad comes on television of someone driving the, the perfect car through gorgeous scenery. It's a handsome or beautiful driver. And we, kind of unexpectedly you're thinking, I kind of hate my car. What can I do so that I can afford that car or, someone or, or a car like that? You learn how somebody else is compensated for the work that they do. And instead of being happy for them, good for you, it's more like, how could I get compensated like that? How could I vacation like they do? How could I enjoy the enjoyments that they have? Perhaps my little descriptions don't exactly fit your situation, but the fact is, you and I always need to watch out for this insidious sin known as greed because it can sneak up on us any day, any hour, any time and it can consume you. It really can. It can take over your thoughts, take over your plans, take over your mood, take over how you feel about who you are and, and what you already have. Greed can actually, as we're learning today, greed can actually destroy us. A voice came out of the crowd. Somebody said, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replies, Who, who, made, who made me an arbiter or a judge in such matters? And then he turns to the whole crowd and he says, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Tell you a story, he says, tell you a story. There was this rich man who one year had a bumper crop from his fields, more than he'd ever anticipated. So he says to himself, how can I keep all this? If I can keep all this, then, then well, then, then I can relax and then I can eat and drink and be merry like I always wanted to. So I'm going to work. I'm going to tear down the barns that I have and I'm going to build bigger barns so that I can have all of these pleasures and riches that I've always dreamed of. And that night, Jesus says, God spoke to him. And he told him, you fool, this very night you're going to die and everything that you accumulated is going to be given to somebody else. It's certainly not going to be kept by you, foolish man. A few of Jesus' parables are kind of challenging to figure out. Not this one. Whether you consider yourself rich or poor, like most of us do, somewhere kind of in between, greed can take over 
who you are and all the things that you're working on, it can absolutely consume you. And it can leave you unprepared for that day when the Lord says, today's the day you die. Today's the day you lose all these things. And do you now have what you need for the next life? First lesson that we read today, kind of a disturbing one. King Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes apparently at the end of his life when he'd recognized that wise as he once as he was, he had been kind of a fool. So he writes about how he devoted his vast intellect and his energies to acquiring and accumulating and investigating and learning how he can increase his holdings. He in invested all of his labors under the sun into gaining wealth and women and a reputation as a, as a man of the world till he realized that it's meaningless. Thirty-some times he uses that expression, this is meaningless. I've seen all the things that are done under the sun, he writes. All of them are meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Think about that one for a second. What a fool he's confessing he was if he was chasing after the pleasures of wealth when like the wind, he's never going to catch up to it completely. And in the meantime, Solomon's sin was that he allowed all those pursuits to turn his heart away from the riches he already had in God, in his Lord, in his Savior. Jesus talked about that with the crowd. He warned them as he warns us. He told them and us not to spend our lives just storing up treasures for ourselves. And then he encouraged you and me by his words to think about what it means to be rich in God. What a great expression. Rich in God. That's what you are when you refuse to worry about the numbers in your accounts when they're going down. And you fend off this false confidence that can come when the numbers in your accounts are going up. Rich in God means you recognize that's all just temporary. It's all just of this earth. It's not going to last. My wealth instead is in what's eternal. Rich in God. That's what you are when you work and you make plans. Not so that someday you can relax and eat and drink and be merry. You work and you make plans so that you can provide for yourself and your loved ones. And you and I also work and we make plans so that as we acquire, we can give. We can, we can give to people who have greater needs than we have. 
And we can give to people whose spiritual needs have yet to be met for their benefit. Rich in God. That's what you are when you take to heart what, you, what the apostle writes and you, you set your mind on the things above. You set your heart, your desires on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You know what that means? That means he's directing all things, both the economical things and the things having to do with career and the things having to do with, with savings accounts. He directs all things with heaven in mind and eternity in mind, not for earthly outcomes. Rich in God, that's what you are when you trust that your real life is now hidden with Christ in God. You can't see it with your eyes. You can't measure it with numbers in an accounting system. Your real life is safely hidden with Christ in God. It's yours right now by faith. And someday, when Christ appears, who is your real life, Paul writes, then you will appear with him in glory. I know I'm not supposed to look at my watch and you're not either, not in the middle of a sermon. But right now it's eight minutes after 10. You get to think about this. Our congregation is at two places today. So up in Asheville, Living Savior, the worship service began at 10 o'clock. So right about now, a family with two little boys is standing at the baptismal font. Can you see it? It's up on the right as you face the front. Two little boys. Dylan is about six years old. I imagine his, his dad is going to give him a boost. And Wyatt is, he's probably in his mother's arms. He's one year old. Right now, right about now, God is going to make those, those two little boys very rich. Because in baptism, he's going to put his name on them. His holy, holy, holy saving name. And with that, he's assuring them that they belong to him for the rest of their days. In baptism, God the Father is going to adopt Dylan and, and Wyatt as his sons so they don't have to spend their lives trying to figure out how, how much wealth they can count on, but so that they can count on their Heavenly Father the rest of their lives. In baptism, those two little boys are going to be joined with Christ and with all of the heavenly riches that he has earned for them. And in baptism, the Holy Spirit is going to take up residence in them. He's going to move in and remind them the rest of their days of the mercy and grace that are theirs through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit has no plans to move, to move out. 
properly understood on the basis of Scripture, baptism is this great gift of, of everlasting riches. It's the gift of forgiveness. It's the gift of, of new life. It's the gift of a, of a rebirth. It's the gift of blessings that absolutely don't stop at the end of these days, but in fact increase and multiply many times over in the heavenly life. Two little boys as part of the ministry of your congregation being made rich today. And you, baptized, also rich. Same blessings, yours. So yeah, set, set your mind on things above, those type of things. Set your heart on things above where, where Christ is and everything he's gained for you. Yeah, listen to his warning very carefully. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, whatever form it may come. But also recognize that already now, already now, you and I are rich in God. That's going to be your greatest protection against greed. The riches that you have in God through Jesus Christ, that's going to be your greatest comfort, your greatest joy, your greatest hope. Amen.